Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Don't live like you used to live, but be made new. In the attitude of your mind, start thinking different. You're not an unbeliever anymore. You're a Christian. You're a follower of Jesus. And with that, put off your old self, but put on your new self, which was created to be, circle this, like God. So the new life that I'm to live 24-7 is to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. As Christians, the Bible says that we are new creations, And yet so often Christians struggle with old ways of living. Why? In today's message, Pastor Mark explains that often the problem is the way we think as Christians. If we're going to live differently, we have to think differently. If I see myself as the same person I was before, just forgiven, then I won't live differently. God says we're to be renewed in the attitude of our minds. We're to start thinking differently, put off our old selves and put on our new selves. In Christ, we've been created to be like God. Are you living like it? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he begins his message entitled, Why Church? Celebrate and live the fulfilling lifestyle. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. When you think of a word called celebrate, what comes to your mind? Do you think that if you mention celebrate, that that word shouldn't be used in a church? Do you think a Christian can celebrate? Well, celebrate is kind of this definition, to to make happy, to be joyful, to party. If you look in the Old Testament, as you begin in the Old Testament, all the way through the Old Testament, we see celebrate, 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 celebrate. And yet sometimes you and I kind of think, well, it doesn't really go with church, but it does. And you're going to see this morning why we should be celebrating as Christians. In the Bible, Jesus began talking to us about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We learned last week in Matthew, and I've asked you to turn there, we'll look at verse 24, we learned what it meant to really be a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, it's our choice, He must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If many people call themselves a Christian, a disciple, born again, if that's true, then you must meet these requirements of Jesus Christ. These are not requirements of our church or denomination. This is the words of Jesus. Christianity is not complicated. In the simplest form, 
It's two words. Follow me. It's just two words. And we learned last week, Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Here's what he meant. We have to commit to quit making ourselves number one. Second, we need to commit to choose God's will. Remember last week, God's will? My will. God's will always wins. We have to commit to choose God's will over our own. And number three, then we begin to follow. We make a commitment to actually follow him. He leads the way. As we begin following, God is in the process of reproducing the lifestyle of Jesus in you and in me. In other words, Jesus went back to heaven. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then God is reproducing his lifestyle in you. And that means that we're going to minister like Jesus and we're going to take the message of the gospel to the streets just like Jesus. Last week, we learned all the ways for people to get involved and these really have to do with what Jesus is saying and we're just taking this passage and putting words to them. Commit, celebrate, communicate, uh, contribute, And as you see those C's, we learned last week, the first one, commit to be a growing follower of Jesus Christ. Not just a follower, but to be growing to become more and more like him. Now in this next verse, it goes right along with the verse 24, because it's 25. It says this, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What does that mean? Well, it simply means this. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, there's going to be two hindrances, two things that will keep you from following me. The first thing will be, well, my natural temptation to save myself. I don't want any discomfort. I don't, I'll follow you, but I don't want any discomfort. I don't want any pain. I don't want to have to really take any risk. I don't want to deny what I want to do. Well, Jesus says, that won't work. The New Living Translation says it really very simply. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, what could keep you from doing that? Here it is. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you'll lose it. But if you give your life for me, Jesus, the kingdom, you will find true life. Two options. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus says you're going to deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Then he says, actually, it's it's an oxymoron. Losers are keepers. So what Jesus is saying is, you can learn to celebrate. We'll talk about that in a moment. If you'll do it right. See, now, if I'm going to do it wrong, this hindrance is I'm going to try to keep my life, do my thing, hoard it, cling to it, grasp it, take care of myself, trust myself. I always ask when somebody wants me to do something, especially God, what's that entail? What's it going to cost me? If I do that, I'll never discover life. That's the problem in the church today. We have many people that call themselves, millions of people that call themselves Christians, but they never really discover real life. And because of that, they don't celebrate. They continue to look at the will of God negative. Guys, let's get over it. We need to understand that God's will 
for us, when I discover it and walk in it, that's life. That brings real freedom. Until then, you really, as Jesus just says, it won't work. You see, this oxymoron is losers are keepers. I can only find true life by giving up my will to God and then every single day just living today in his power and in his will. If I do that, I find purpose and meaning and fulfillment and joy and contentment and peace and excitement. That's the benefits of following Jesus Christ. You see, as you hear that, what Jesus says, if you lose your life for my sake, you find real life. It sounds like Christianity is going to cost me. Is it? Say yes. It's going to cost What's it going to cost you? It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you your will. So here's what you want to write. It will cost you to follow Jesus. Oh, it will. But it will cost you more not to follow Jesus. So what Jesus is saying is, if you take up your cross... If you'll follow him, if you'll deny yourself, if you'll just give him your life, you lose your life for him, you can celebrate. You can celebrate life. But see, celebration is all part of Christianity. That's why God gave us life. John 10, 10, he came to give us abundant life. So I want to give you today five ways that we celebrate, five ways that we celebrate. Now, first, celebrate and live the fulfilling lifestyle. As you look at that, do you mean, Pastor Mark, I can actually live a life that's fulfilling? Well, that's exactly right. That's why God gave us this. The verse that applies with this, that kind of fits with this, is found in Colossians 3.17, the New Living Translation. It says it like this. And whatever you do or say, whatever, whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus. In other words, he's reproducing his life in me. And all the while, giving thanks to him through God the Father. You see, as I begin to follow him and he changes me, I'm transformed. The word is transformed. I'm transformed to think and to act and to minister like Jesus. As that happens in my life, and it's a lifelong process, as that happens, there's room for celebration. Because I'm being very different than I used to be. So Jesus challenges us, and here's the five ways I'm going to give you this morning that I want you to write down. Five ways for us to celebrate in everything we do and everything we say. Number one, celebrate. The reason I can celebrate this morning is because life is no longer about you. It's no longer about me. In fact, it's about Christ living in you. In 1 Corinthians 16, 6, Paul says it like this. It's very clear. Oh, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Notice what it says. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. What was the price? It was Christ dying on the cross. So you must honor God with your body. When we ask God to forgive us and come into our lives, we gave up the right 
to rule our lives any longer. Paul says, life is no longer about me. It's now all about God. Now, why can I celebrate about that? Well, I I celebrate that because if I don't direct my life anymore and God is now going to direct it, by the way, that's a good thing. That's a great thing because I remember what it was like when I tried to direct my own life. And so understand today as a Christian, you can celebrate because God, God lives inside of you now. So here's what I want you to understand today. Life is not about me. It's about God. Life is not about me. It's about God. That's, by the way, that's what worship is. It's just saying God is number one. So your life is not about you this morning. It's not about you at all. It's not about me. We say, yes, it is. I I accepted Christ, but that didn't make any change. Well, then you never accepted Christ. Remember, my body is no longer my own. I gave up the right to do my deal. And by the way, that brings celebration because that's good because the creator of the universe is now ruling my life. Number two, turn with me to Ephesians chapter four. Keep your finger there. Turn back to the book of Ephesians. Oh, maybe 10 or 12 books back. Ephesians chapter four. The second key says this. God is at work in your life 24-7. Live like it. Live like it. I can celebrate this morning because God's always with me now. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I can live like God. You're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. In Ephesians 4, look down, scoot on down to verse 22. Paul says this. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. In other words, before I became a Christian, I lived differently. I had different ideas. He said, you were taught to put off your old self, your old sinful self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And then Paul says, don't live like you used to live, but be made new in the attitude of your mind. Start thinking different. You're not an unbeliever anymore. You're a Christian. You're a follower of Jesus. And with that, put off your old self, but put on your new self, which was created to be, circle this, like God. So the new life that I'm to live 24-7 is to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In fact, Paul says this. Look at Romans 13-12. You see it on the overhead. Paul says, get rid of your evil deeds. Shed them like dirty clothes. Clothe yourself with the armor of right living. Let me give you some illustrations. When you became a Christian... You were given a, symbolically, a new suit of clothes. You took off your old lifestyle, your old sinful clothes, and God gave you a new one. Let me show you how that looks. Before you and I became Christians, the Bible in Ephesians chapter 2 says, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I have a sin nature. It doesn't do what God wants. In fact, it does what I want. And so the Bible says, before I became a Christian, I was dressed in my old self. This old self uh, was a miserable life, really, because it represented dead ends. Before I became a Christian, just like you, when I ruled my own life, it was a pretty miserable lifestyle. Oh, I partied, but I didn't really know how to party. And as Solomon tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes, everywhere I went, it was a dead end. 
It was miserable. It just didn't make sense. And so Paul says, if you're going to become a Christian, when you become a Christian, notice, you don't add this to this lifestyle. That's why people think, that's why people who are here, Jesus said to them, oh, careful, careful, careful. You, you think you're going to go to heaven? I don't even know you. So when I became a Christian, when you accepted the Lord, whether by Billy Graham, maybe you watched at home and, and whatever, wherever you've been and you've asked Christ to come in your heart, what Paul says is we take off this old man with the sin nature. That's not who I am anymore. All things are passed away and all things have become new. With my mind thinking different and I'm being transformed to be like God. Paul says, put off the old, shed the dirty clothes, and clothe yourself with right living. It's 24-7. So see if you think this makes sense. It's Monday morning, and I get up, and I go, you know what? I'm going to have to address my boss today. He's been a little mad at me. I'm not going to really be acting like a Christian, but, and you know what? I'm going to have to deal with my wife. She's not been too good either. So I'm going to put the old me on. A little bitterness, a little anger. Hallelujah. And when I want to be bad? (laughs) You know, the Bible speaks about this. An unstable man, lost. You You can't live in two worlds. This is not what Paul's talking about. So when I became a Christian, when I became a Christian... I didn't put on Christ over my old lifestyle. Well, that's my temperament, that's my genes, that's just who I am. (laughs) No, you're wrong. And that's the problem with Christianity. By the way, if you try to live a lifestyle like this, you'll, listen, you'll never celebrate life. Because you're miserable. Because you're always practicing who you're not supposed to be. So when I came to Christ, I took off this stuff and I put on Christ. In the next few verses, we're going to read what the old Mark Balmer looked like. We're going to read it together. And at the end of those verses, we're going to take about 30 seconds to ask God to forgive us. Because as I read these verses, they'll be something that will pop out at you. See, we're not perfect. We're in that process of becoming like Jesus. So there's times and time that I have to confront sin in my life. Let's read them. Let the Spirit speak to all of us. Verse 25. Since I've been put on this new self, look at, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor for all members of one body. In your anger... Do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. In other words, maybe you lost it with your spouse this week. Maybe you talked to them in a terrible way, and you, this, verse 26, is about going to bed without asking forgiveness. Why should I? Why do I have to do it? Because I'll give the devil a foothold in my life. Look at verse 28. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Notice, that isn't just somebody about taking something from work. That's the person who calls themselves a Christian who doesn't really work at work. Well, Pastor Mike, they don't pay me what I need to be paid, and I'm able to really do what I need to do. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. You're supposed to be 100% at work. 
doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Now look at verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful to the building up of others. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander and along with every form of malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Well, Pastor Mike, I can't forgive that person for what they did. Really? Who forgave you? Jesus. Chapter 5, verse 1, follow God's example in everything you do. Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? I can't live like that. No wonder I don't celebrate. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. God is at work in you. Look at what Paul writes. You see it, Philippians 2.13. This is my salvation as a Christian. See, when you read this next verse, no more excuses. Well, Pastor Mark, I'd like to, but I don't have the ability to. Or I really don't have the desire to live like that. Wrong. Look what Paul says. For God is working in you, if you're a believer, for God is working in you, giving you the desire to build people up and not tear them down. Giving you the desire to be peaceful, not a stirring up person, always stirring trouble. You're super spiritual. You're going to get the rest of the world straight. What is that? It's ugly pride. Giving you the desire to obey him and... The power to do it. You know, I'd like to be able to take a football and throw that sucker from the 20-yard line into the end zone of the other team and hit the guy full speed. I have that desire. Maybe in heaven. Because I don't have the power to do it. We already learned that God lives in me and he lives in you. So he gives me the desire and he gives me the power And that's why, listen, that's why I can celebrate. Because it's happening. Next, number three. As I begin to walk the talk, it shows that true belief in conversion leads to a changed lifestyle. There's something different. Number three, celebrate. God has arranged testing and trials to make you more like Jesus. Now, to be very honest with you, if I was directing my life, um, I'm not going to choose this pattern. I'm not going to choose this pattern. Celebrate. God has arranged testing and trials to make you more like Jesus. Look at James. Your brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. In other words, celebrate. Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? When God brings a trial, I'm supposed to celebrate? What does it take to live a happy, fulfilled, joyful Christian life? In today's message, Pastor Mark challenged us to remember that the Christian life is not difficult. We just have to be willing to surrender our lives and follow Jesus. That's truly what a follower of Jesus is. One who is following Christ is one who has quit making himself number one, who has committed to choosing God's will over his own, and who has committed to following Jesus every day. Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Christian, we have many reasons to celebrate. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark continues to give us reasons to celebrate as believers. For one thing, God is at work in our lives 24-7. We should live like it. Secondly, God is committed to using the trials we go through to make us more like Christ. They're not purposeless. If we would learn to be content in Him, we would begin to truly live a life of fulfillment. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.